Leafs podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti. Leafs win, Nick. We got a 3-1 win over Winnipeg to recap tonight. Also had a win and a loss against Ottawa, which we'll get to later. But right off the bat here... What did you think of the game tonight? Well, those first two periods, I would honestly say that's the best complete, well, not complete hockey game, but best 40 minutes that I've seen the Leafs play in quite a while. Um, you know, we've seen them play good defensive hockey, but most for the most part, it's just them kind of keeping the puck in the offensive zone and, and not letting the other team get to the defensive, to their, to their offensive zone. But uh, I thought they were just really good in those first two periods, so... Uh, you know, we had a little bit of a scare at the end of the second, but they kind of tightened it up in the third a little bit uh, and get the win. Yeah, I think at the start of the second, the shots at one point were 19-1 to 1 for Toronto. I'm pretty sure there was a, a power play. They had nine shots on goal. So Connor Hellebuck definitely kept them in it. Uh, and, and, you know, Winnipeg got pretty close to tying it up there at the end. But uh, I, obviously a nice empty net goal by Mitch Marner. And I liked how he was talking some shit to, to Pionk there. So uh, definitely a fun game. And... We'll uh, we'll take the win. I know. I don't know why Shifley was upset. Like, like, what are you upset about? Like, Marner's literally just shooting the puck. I don't know what he said to Pionk, what Marner said to Pionk, but like, Shifley was was pissed. Yeah, you know Marner. He likes to fight, so I think he was looking for a fight there. Oh, uh, two goons. I would say the last two games just must win. Almost like that's how they felt. Like Ottawa, you couldn't lose two in a row to Ottawa. Um, you know, it just would have been chaos, and then. Tonight, it just felt like they deserved it by just so much. They were a better team by a mile tonight. And, you know, it would have been just such a piss-off if they had lost tonight. <laughs> so, um, definitely happy to be on the winning side yet again. A 3 and one start. Uh, can't complain too much there. Who are your three stars tonight, Nick? Let's start with your number one. Yeah, I'll go John Tavares. I think that obviously gets the goal. Uh, one of the best in terms of shot share um, at 5-on-5. Five five. I think we were asking... Uh, especially on the last episode, that we wanted to see more from that line, um, specifically Tavares at 5-on-5, especially through the first three games. And I thought Tavares really answered today. I thought he was all over the ice. Uh, And he gets a goal um, on the power play for his efforts. So I'll go first star for me, Tavares. I'll agree with you on that one. I think, you know, anytime you're leading the league in points, that's a good sign, Uh, as as he is right now. Sole possession, I guess, when the game ended. I'm not sure if Konecki has tied him yet, but um, definitely a great sign. You said you mentioned the shot share. I think he was in the 90s for like expected goal differential. I don't know if that went down at the end, but um, I don't think so. Ju- just a dominant game from him uh, in all facets. I think the goal is on the power play, um, but just a beast at five and five as well. Could have done better. Could have had more points, but I think if you know anyone watching the game would tell you like he was one of the best players on the ice. He did look elite. Uh, for my number one, I am going to go with Mitch Marner. Uh, I think, I, I mean, two goals, obviously. You know, one was empty netter, one was a tap-in, but he's been an outstanding player in all three zones, I would say, for the last, I would think, all season. Like, I think early on he wasn't really getting the bounces, um, but he looks like, like he's such a good two-way player. He's so good at generating takeaways. He played over 24 and a half minutes tonight, which is a lot. And uh, they seem to be playing them a lot, but 
you know, great on the penalty kill, just so good at takeaways and setting up plays and puck carrying and, and you know, anytime you get two goals, I think that's an obvious choice. So what do you think of my Marner pick? It's a good pick. You know, I'm glad that you talked about the takeaways. Tonight he actually wasn't credited with any at five on five, but like it's funny because I clipped two of two that I would consider to takeaways. So uh, I don't know who's counting those, but but you know both Marner and Matthews this year have, you know, they were always takeaway specialists and they were always dangerous without the puck. But I think this year their willingness to actually get to the spots they need to get to and engage in those battles. And now combining with their ability to actually generate takeaways when they get into those battles, it's it's almost like we're looking at two players that are really taking their their game to a next the next level uh, when we're talking about off the puck play. Um, I mean, Sheldon Keith talked about it before the year, kind of, kind of really, um, you know, talked up their their game, their checking game, and, and their game without the puck. And I think they've really answered that. They look elite at it, um, and a lot of their chances this year have come off of off of turnovers. Uh, from the opposition so that's really nice to see so definitely a good pick for that second uh, second star I might have to give you a star here because you had the number of takeaways he had just off the top of your head so I'm impressed but who's your second star second star I will go with Theo Hyman's dad Uh, wow not yeah he's he's the Theo Hyman's dad good good guy he's uh just so hard working today it's it's almost as if like every single game he just looks like we've had such a big sample of him and he still surprises me. Um, you know, they, I really like that third line. I, th- I think we'll talk about that a little bit later now that we've seen them for a few more games, but um, you know, they really give Sean Keith's really given a lot of defensive zone starts to that third line. And, and I think they're doing pretty good um, tonight, even in, in terms of like expected goals, they were, they were in the 70% range, despite those, that, um, that deployment and I think Hyman was really big reason for that for that um that kind of play driving that, that good play there he had one play that I actually clipped where he goes into the offensive zone wins a puck comes back in the neutral zone kind of fights off two or three guys gains the zone deeks a player and then keeps the puck for the Leafs like he, he never he never fails to amaze me uh Zach Hyman it's amazing yeah, he had ten shots on goal tonight. I think he had nine. I think he had eight through the first two periods. That, that's got to be his. I think that's got to be the most he's ever had. Ten shots in seventeen and a half minutes. So, uh, I don't think he got on the scoreboard, but I'll, I'll have to give you that one because he was, you know, just typical Zach Hyman tonight. I think really in this game, there's so many choices just because the Leafs dominated and everyone really played well. But for my second star, I'm going to go with. Maybe an off-the-board pick in a game like this, but I'm going to go Freddie Anderson. He stopped 27-28. to A lot of the eyes were on him coming in. I said going in I would have started him in this game. I just think you didn't want a goalie controversy this early. just think you didn't want to you know, ruin his confidence or anything. Um, so I, I just think it was the, the performance he needed. He was good late when he had to be. I, I thought he was really unlucky in the first two games, like, there was a breakaway. There was two that were kind of posted in, just perfect shots. He had a couple bounces that just went right to the opposing player's sticks. Like, I thought he was a lot better than, than other people did, I guess. And, uh, you know, it's just great to see him rewarded with a good start today. 27-28, get that save percentage up. You know, a 964 tonight. 
Uh, definitely not, uh, you know, the, the player you first think of when you think of how the Leafs drove play today, but uh, definitely steady. And in a game like this, when your team is dominating to the degree they did, I think you like it would have been a real shame if, if Anderson had a bad night and they somehow lost this game despite playing so well. So I'll give him some credit there. What do you think of my Anderson pick? A, and then B, what's your third star? So I think it's a good pick. I mean, he got the win, and... Down the stretch, I thought he was good, especially in the third period when Winnipeg kind of turned up, I guess, turned on the Jets. Uh, I get some <laughs> points there for that. But, wow. um, yeah, you know, with Freddie, I, I, you know, with the whole goalie controversy thing, I'm, like, when you look across the league, like, there's so many teams that have two goalies playing. Like, we've seen it in the playoffs. So, to me, like, the whole goalie controversy thing, like, I would rather see a 60-40 split between Anderson and Campbell, like kind of ride the hot hand. Um, so I, I kind of want like just to normalize that, especially in Toronto, where I, I feel like as soon as, like if Campbell got the start today, I, I don't think that's like the end of Anderson's year. And I don't, I know you don't think that either, but um, I feel like we've kind of glorified the the goalie controversy thing, especially on Twitter. But um, so, but I, I would have probably started him tonight too, and I'm just because... I mean, at the end of the day, he is your starting goalie. And like you said, I he wasn't that bad in those first couple games. So I'm glad that he got the win today. And, and I think he deserves that second star. Uh, so I can't knock you there. Uh, with my third star, I am going to go with TJ Brody. Uh, I thought, I think three of the four games, he's been one of the Leafs' best defensemen. Um, obviously, in that first game against Ottawa, he had a bit of a rough one. Um think the bounces just didn't go his way that day but today I thought he was one of their best defensemen I thought him and Riley are looking really good every single game it it almost kind of shocks me that every game except for that Ottawa obviously but uh it almost shocks me that we've watched Riley with just not TJ Brody for so many years that it's so nice to see that but he's I mean tonight like when you look at his tonight his expected goals was just around 70 percent they didn't even really shelter him at all. They haven't really done that at all this year, and I think he's done pretty good. So I'm excited to see where that uh, pairing goes as they play more with each other. Yeah, so I'll say two things here. Just quick off the goalie thing. I think I just would have went Anderson just not to have the, the narrative. I don't mind playing Campbell this week at all. I think, as you mentioned, like all the top teams, Boston, Vegas, Colorado, Tampa, they all have backups they can trust and, and guys that they – it's, it's more of a 1A, 1B. So, um, you know, I think if Campbell keeps playing well, he certainly play him more. Um, but definitely great to, to now have two goalies that seem to be, you know, playing well in their last game. Um, in terms of Brody, I was going to pick him as well uh, if you didn't. So, you know, good pick. I think I just have so much more confidence in the top four with him there. I think the Muzzin Hall pairing, you know, they were a bit weak tonight. Um, but in general, they've been so steady over the court, the first three games. And I just think that like that Riley Brody pairing is just such a different dynamic from what we've seen in the past. Uh, you know, we had the other game. Brody had a nice pat, a nice assist on the Thornton goal, where you know he had the stretch pass to Marner. And he's just been like he's good on the penalty kill. He's got such a long stick. We saw him break up odd man rushes the other night. Uh, just the confidence. You know, he played twenty three and a half minutes tonight, and he can play in all situations. I know he's not on the second power play today. I think they only had one power play, but. Uh, the Leafs just in general, just, you know, very strong game today. Just the difference between Brody and what they had last year is just such a difference. So 
you know, maybe we're biased because it's early in the season, but I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one, Nick. You ready for my third star? I am ready. I want you to, to really rock the world here. <laughs> okay, so the boring one would have been <laughs> Nylander. That was my honorable mention. I'm just going to say Nylander was my honorable mention. He had the nice assist, and with Tavares, they, they had a good night at 5-on-5. Five five. But I'm I'm rocking the boat here, and I'm going Zach Bogosian. Oh, boy. I thought he had a good night. I thought he had a really good no, night. No, don't like that, that pick. He had a nice... He had a nice sequence in the first there. <laughs> the puck bounced on that him was on awesome, that actually. Pass. Yeah. And he's just sand defensively. I like him. I liked him with either Lettinen or, and we'll get to Lettinen in a minute, or Dermott. I just think he's, you know, when you're up a goal, I had some confidence in him. I had some confidence in him on the penalty kill. Um, I thought it was his best game. I thought he was just weak in the first game. Um, that's going to be my off-the-board pick to, to kind of rock things up here, Nick. Yeah, I... I don't know. I, I'm hoping your expectations were low there. Like with Bogosian, I thought today he, yeah, that sequence in the, in the offensive zone, the first uh, period, that was that was definitely interesting to watch. Um, him kind of in that that Leafs offensive zone system under Keefe uh, was fun. I, I guess this was probably his his best game. I haven't been impressed with him um, the other three games. I will say this: I do like seeing Bogosian. Like if you're gonna play him, put him in the seven D. Um, that way. He does play, you know, on the PK. You can play him on the PK, but at least you're not seeing him like with over, you know, over ten or eleven minutes at five on five. You can kind of keep him under there. Um, one thing I will say is that, like, when you look at the expected goals and you look at just even like, you know, just regular five on five Corsi, like he's never he's never in the green. Like he's always in the red, and and I wouldn't even say that they've been giving him tough minutes. Like he's been pretty like tonight. I'm just looking at it now. He had one defensive zone faceoff. He's getting third pairing minutes, so he's playing like third and fourth lines every night. And I mean, tonight it wasn't big deals. He's well expected goals. He was pretty bad. It was twenty four percent. But I mean, it's only ten minutes. But I, I don't know. I, I just I like see. I'd rather see him in the seven D system. Um, that way you can keep his five on five minutes down, and you know you kind of play him as like a PK specialist. But uh, yeah. You know, if you're comparing Bogosian to his other three games, I don't mind this third this third star, but uh, I don't want to see it too often. <laughs> yeah, he's over 14 minutes, even with the 7D system. So Lettinen didn't play much today. Um, you know, I think the numbers have been kind of weird so far. Like, in the, the second Ottawa game, they had a really high Corsi, Bogosian included, and then, you know, expected goals are way lower because they weren't getting high danger chances. Obviously, that's not his job, but... Uh, I think he's been solid so far. I mean, the first game was a bit weak. Uh, today, I tonight I thought the Muzzin Hall pairing was a bit weak. Muzzin had the bad giveaway, which kind of led to the, the Jets' first goal, and then they both had a penalty. So Hall had that like retaliation penalty when the Leafs were about to get a power play, and then Muzzin had a, a penalty right at the start of the third. So you know that I guess that pairing was due for a bad night. But I liked everyone else, and Bogosian included. I thought whether it was Lettinen out there or Dermot, I thought the third pairing played well. Um, you know, I guess we'll get into, let's get into Lettinen here quick. He only played, you know, under seven minutes. I thought he had a really good first, and then I didn't really notice him after that. But, you know, that's not, I guess that's not the worst thing. Yeah, with Lettinen, he just didn't play very much. He played about six minutes at five on five. Um, so just under Bogosian. Actually, a couple of minutes under Bogosian at five on five. And then, you know, him on the power play, he hardly even played. It was like, I think he was on for maybe 40 seconds. So, um they only had one power play. Exactly, yeah, and and he just came on at the end. So, 
Um, I feel like with they almost split the minutes, like with Bogosian and Letnin. Bogosian got a little bit more at five on five. And then you pretty much are putting on Bogosian, like on the penalty kill. Like he almost got, he almost had half. He had, so he had 419 at four on five. And this is Bogosian. Mm-hmm. And 955 at five on five. So almost half. Um, and then Letnin was six minutes at five on five. And yeah, like I was saying before, 40 seconds on the power play. So. Like you almost have with this seven D, it's like you're splitting time amongst that third pair, and then you're giving, um, you're kind of giving like specialized minutes for Bogosian or Letnin, depending on which special teams you're on. Like for example, like Dermot played. I can't even find Dermot here. Ten minutes. Ten. Just uh, but yeah. So you're pretty much only playing him at five on five. Um, and this is where he's good at. Yeah, which is exactly where you want him, and then you're pretty much riding the top four. Yeah, they are riding their top guys right now. The only thing, I do like the 7D, particularly if you're down, you can put Lennon out there. And then right. if you're up, then I think Bogosian deserves more minutes. Um, so I like that setup. We'll see if they roll with it here. They have some flexibility now that Spets has cleared waivers. Um, I guess let's get to the other the other games quick. So through four games, Nick, I know we recap the first one. Do you have any just overlying thoughts on this team? What's kind of surprised you? What you've liked? What you haven't liked? You can get into lines here if you'd like, or you can just get into things like you know. I think we could we could say comfortably the power play has been very strong. I think they're over forty percent now, um, and you know they had nine shots then on the power play. So I don't know if we're married to the you know balanced alignment yet, but you can't complain about the power play yet. I don't think. But just in general, what have you thought of the team and, and what have you thought of the, I guess, the lines and the pairing so far? I think if, just as a general thought over these last four games, if you look at it from an overhead view, like the Leafs have definitely been outplaying their competition. Now, I know they have two games against Ottawa, but I didn't think Ottawa looked particularly bad. Um, they've been outplaying their competition more than they have not. Even the game that the Leafs were that they lost against Ottawa, that kind of created a meltdown, I thought for at least half the game, the Leafs looked like they were somewhat in the driver's seat. If, at worst, it looked like it was a 50-50 game. Um, obviously, they were up 2-1 in that game. And then midway through the the, the second period, you have that... Uh, I can't remember who tipped that Zaitsev shot. It might have been Kachuk, was it? It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you have that goal and... Then after that, it's all downhill. Like You have like two goals right after that one, and the Leafs never really kind of gained it back. So that was one thing that I was kind of disappointed. Like I know last year, when things were going bad for the Leafs, we kind of just saw it snowball down a hill. Um, and I thought that was the case in that game. But you know, taking the pros from that game is halfway through, you, you look like you're in the driver's seat up 2-1, and you're pretty much outplaying Ottawa. The rest of the games, I think, you know, Montreal was kind of a sloppy one that's fine but the last and then obviously the second game against Ottawa was was a great kind of uh you know you're in the driver's seat the whole game and you get the two points I would say the same thing about tonight so I, I think that you have to be you know kind of happy with the first four games you get six points out of it so you know that's what I'll say about that from a from an overhead view okay so I'll say this I think the first game they got a bit lucky one was that goal that VZ scored off the ref. You had the five-on-three that came off a puck over glass, and you had a couple of missed calls on the Leafs. So 
He also had Anderson had a nice save on a breakaway in overtime. So I think they were lucky to get two points in that one. The first game against Ottawa, I thought they did fine. Like, they had the puck most of the game. They just didn't get very high-danger chances. I thought they really had to respond on Saturday night, and they did with the win. Uh, again, like, it, it seems like they're... That game, I'll give them credit. They only gave up 19 shots. They outshot them 40-19. to 19. Um, And then tonight, they certainly dictated play. So I think so far, they've been dictating play, albeit against weak opponents. Uh, Ottawa's obviously the bottom team in this division. And then Winnipeg was just a horrendous 5-on-5 team in terms of expected goals last year. They're also down two defensemen. So a uh, bit of a weaker team. Uh, I know Le- Patrick Lonnie was out as well. Um, so I do I did think Winnipeg looked really bad. I, we'll see how it works out against better teams. I guess my, my problem right now would just be, uh, you know, they have a lot of possession, but not as not that many goals in some of these games. Like it almost feels like the Columbus series again, where you know a couple of years back, like Marner, Tavares, Hyman, that line was amazing at five on five. I think Marner led the league in primary points per minute at, at five on five. I think Matthews was top ten that year as well. They don't really seem to have that going on. But after a game like tonight, it's tough to complain. I'm not too mm-hmm. sure if I'm married to the forward lines. Um, I know you want to get to the third line here in a minute. I want to get your thoughts on that. Right. Um. The only thing I'll say is, like, I don't think they have a dominant line right now. I guess the Thornton line's been better of late. I'm just kind of curious if that's where it ends up. Yeah. Um, I think right now they are, well, not I think. I think we both know that they're in experimentation mode. Like, they really want that third line to work. And everything's kind of based around having that Kerfoot, Mikheyev, and, jeez, um, no, I'm blanking. Who's the last guy? Sorry, Hyman. I'm in there. So, and then kind of the rest of the lines kind of fall into place. So it's nice to see that Hyman gets shifts with Matthews and Marner um, throughout like the last four games. He's been, you know, he's been kind of sneaking in those shifts. So to my, like if I had to guess, like I, I think Keith knows that line works. I think everyone in the organization knows that line works. So, you know, if they take these games to try and see if that third line, you know, is something that they can use in, in competitive games later in the season, then, you know, I'm all for it. I, I think we saw years and years of Mike Babcock being this coach and almost like negative experimentation where you never really knew what else this team could be. Um, so, you know, after four games, I think the third line's been pretty good. They've been, you know, getting a ton of defensive zone starts. Um, tonight was really the, the only game that you know, you really had like a true first line. I'm just going to pull it up here to see if they even were matched up. Uh, Hyman was matched up. Yeah, so Hyman played the, the most played. He, he played against Shifley, five minutes, Connor and Wheeler. So, I mean, that third line tonight was matched up pretty much against that Shifley line. Um, and they did pretty good. So just about even, which is kind of what you expect. So... I mean, if they can use that that line against top lines and, and be confident and let the, the Tavares and the Matthews line go up against second and third lines, I mean, I think they're looking pretty good. So I'm glad that they're trying this out. Um, and obviously, they're getting points as they're doing it. So, so you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not married to it, but I also don't mind seeing it for a few more games to see where it kind of blossoms into. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan of it. I think they can do it against like guys like McDavid. It is a line that doesn't have much offense. Um, and just going down the depth chart, 
Like, I would say, you know, obviously if you're big four, I would say Haim is your fifth best forward, Kerfoot's your sixth, Makai is your seventh. So you're going five, six, seven on your third line. You know, it should be a pretty good third line. And I think that you're kind of doing that at the expense of their top six. Um, obviously, you know, if you, I think Hyman's going to be Hyman. He's going to get the puck for someone. It's just a matter of, it's just a matter of who. So I'd, I'd probably rather him get the puck for guys like uh, Tavares Nylander. I think VZ has been a bit quiet, although he's been okay on the penalty kill. Um, I wouldn't mind trying him there. Um, you know, in a shortened season, I'm not, I want to see a little experimentation. I don't know if that's why they're doing it or if that's, they're just doing it because they like it. Um, I will say that, you know, I think it's a fine defensive line. My, my question right now is 5-on-5 five five scoring. So through the first three games, they had five goals at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, the only one I would credit to sustain 5-on-5 five five play was the Thornton goal, where you know Brody had the stretch pass, Marner had the pass back, and, and Thornton scored. You know, the other goals, like Nylander had a really weak goal from the point on a wrist shot. Kerfoot had the same, you know, a weak goal off a wrist shot. Um, and then you had, I'm trying to think of the other two, you had a Marner goal right off a of face-off, and then you had the VZ goal off the ref. So, you know, I think they they haven't really scored much at 5-on-5, five five, and they haven't looked all that dangerous. Um, you know, it looks like at times that, you know, Marner, Thornton, you know, they're both pass-first players, neither really goes to the net uh, to score, at least. So that line's looked a bit awkward. I think VZ's looked a bit weak. I wouldn't mind putting Hyman to the second line instead of VZ right now, and then you know, seeing if you can get a checking line with VZ there because VZ is on the penalty kill. Um, also, wouldn't mind trying out some other things. I don't know if that means, you know, I'm not sure if I want to move Simmons up. I wouldn't mind seeing someone, like, we haven't, we've barely seen Barabanov, I guess. I'd like to see Travis Boyd or, or Adam Brooks get a shot at some point, but it certainly seems like we're going to get some experimentation here. Um, any thoughts on the top six right now? I, I do think Thornton's looked pretty good, I guess, in the last couple games. Um, I guess BZ's been a little bit of the the weaker weaker end. Yeah, I think that um, I think Thornton looks has looked good. I think they're they're definitely deploying him in a way that he's going to be successful. Um, like a bunch of offensive zone starts. He's and and it almost like I said in in one of the episodes before. I really like that it, having Thornton with Matthews and Marner um, kind of gives it a kind of gives it a bit of a, a, a cycle element to them. Like Thornton's so good down low. But one thing I would like to see is, and this is a bit, um, I wouldn't say this is like even top five in the things I would do, uh, but just something if, you know, to see what it would look like is switch Marner and, Matt, and Nylander. Because when I look at Thornton and Marner on the same line, like they're so, they're both so pass first and then you have Matthews there. And like if Thornton's going to make a pass to someone not, that's not Matthews, I would rather it Nylander than Marner because I think Nylander's got a better shot. He has a better goal scoring record. Obviously, he scored the 30 goals last year. Um, and you also have almost an elite zone entry guy in William Nylander to be on that line. Um, so I would like to see like Thornton, Matthews, Nylander, and then you can put Marner, Tavares, who we know is very good together, and then VZ or whoever the winger is there. Um, I know we've talked about these 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 kind of pairings, but I think more than ever, I would like to see it this year um, now that Thornton's on that top line. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think after a game like tonight, it's tough to sit. It's tough for us to argue for changes. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I said, think, it's like sixth on my list of, yeah, of things I would do. I agree with you, though. Like, I do think that just it's a better fit, Nylander with Thornton. But 
Marner's been so good. Matthews has been so good. Um, and then I guess, you know, Nylander Tavares have been so good that I guess it, right now it's tough to change. But I do think that at some point I wouldn't mind going back. I do think I like that more, to be honest. It's just tough to argue that right now. Um, let's do, so we're going to start, I think, at, at every podcast, naming one thing that we do. Uh, Nick, I'm going to let you start here. Uh, you're Sheldon Keefe now. You get to make one change. What is it? Well, it's tough given kind of their, their cap situation and, and, you know, kind of how tight it is right now and, and how the, the CBA is kind of aligned this season. But just keeping it with the players that are up right now, um, I do want to see Dermot Lettinen. I think that's the easiest answer right now. Um, I want to see Dermot on that right side on the third pairing at first. I want to see Lettinen in more than six minutes at five on five. I think they really have something in him. Um, I think he can be really help that third pairing. So that that would be the one thing that that um, I would want to see because I think the top four D is solid. I think it's the best top four we've seen in years. That's pretty easy to say. Mm-hmm. And now you pretty much just need to figure out that third pairing in terms of defense. Um, and we've seen Bogosian for a few games now. We've seen him with Dermot. Um, tonight we saw a few shifts of Latin and Bogosian, but not really much. But I think I'm ready to see Dermot Latin now. Yeah, I think you might be waiting a while. Um, I think because Dubis went and signed him, like, I'm pretty confident Dubis likes Bogosian because he tried to get him last season and he tried to get him, well, he did get him this offseason after he won a cup. And I think if you convince a guy to sign in Toronto after winning a cup, you know, he kind of has to earn his way out of the lineup. Uh, I did think he played well tonight. I do think they're going to give him kind of an extended stretch. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go with 7D, especially with, you know, Robertson out right now and having a little bit more flexibility. So I think we'll probably see 7D, which is maybe a bit of a compromise um, on most nights. But I I just don't see them scratching Bogosian. I know, you know, if, if, if you were Kyle Dubas and you, never, you probably wouldn't have even signed Bogosian, but I think now that they <laughs> did, they kind of have to because... You know, I do think Dubas probably likes him, given that he tried to he tried to sign him and then signed him. Um, you know, so I, I do think that you know he's kind of owed something here. Um, I guess my lineup change would be it's just very general. Like I guess the the one I mentioned earlier was VZ out, and I probably put Hyman back in, and maybe a you know you you reunite VZ with Kerfoot and see what happens, and you try that checking line out. But another one I do is just. I just want to see rotation. Like, I, I want to see, you know, take Spets out for a game. Uh, take, you know, Bogosian out for one game, sure. Take Dermot out for a game, sure. Um, you know, you can, I don't know if you're going to take Thornton out, like, even for just one game. Um, I always want to see some rotation so I can get a look at guys like Boyd, Barabanov, Brooks. I'd like to give Barabanov more of a shot. I haven't really liked him with Simmons because I don't think they have, you know, a very great puck carrier on that line. But I do think he can win battles, um, and he, he like he's playing like six minutes a night, so we haven't had a really a, a chance to see him. So um, I, I just want to see some rotation off the start here. Now that you have the flexibility, something you didn't have, you know, twenty four hours ago. Um, that that'd be on, my only pick. So I think we're kind of on the same page. Is that we want to see different things, um, just just experimentation at this point. Um, so I don't know. I think uh, can we say we're somewhat aligned there? Yeah, I think uh, that's very on brand for the Everything Leaves podcast <laughs> to uh, want to see more Marlies in the lineup. <laughs> like, I, I think so. 
like Adam Brooks and whatnot. Yeah, but you know what? I think when coming into the season, one of the most exciting things is how many NHL-ready players they had, um, like Travis Boyd, you know, like um, like Brooks, obviously. So, yeah, I think we would like to see rotation, but I think they're just kind of trying to kind of squeeze around this this cap situation. But with, with Robertson injured and, you know, sending Dell on waivers, we haven't even talked about that uh Dell being claimed but um but yeah so you know we'll see we'll see what happens I think it's just a big win now and, and now you have I think it's a is it a home and home in Edmonton or is it two home games against Edmonton two home so I guess we'll we'll move on to our next our question that that kind of closes it out is two games against Edmonton how many points do you need Kevin uh to be happy and how many points do you expect Okay, I'm expecting two, and I'll be happy with three. I think you split it, you're happy. If you get a third, if you get that overtime loss, um, that's pretty good. I just, I do think that they are the better team. Edmonton's got a really good power play. Uh, and obviously, they have a ton of star power, so those are the guys you got to, you know, shut down. It's going to be a real interesting test because I don't think they've faced a dominant top line yet. You would have thought Winnipeg would have done better tonight, but they didn't. So it'll be, you know, this is kind of the ultimate test, especially if you're putting Kerfoot out against them. I'm not sure if they will. Um, but they're so weak defensively. They lost Clefbaum. They were bad defensively last year when they lost to Chicago. You know, they added Tyson Berry, which isn't going to help them defensively. So I do expect some some high-scoring affair. It's going to be an interesting test for, um, for Anderson especially. You're going to need him to be sharp because of that power play and that star talent. But I'll go three, and then um, I'm expecting two, I guess. What about you? Um, I'll go. I'll actually go the same. Um, I think last time I went with, I think I said I'd be happy with four against Ottawa, and I got burned for it. So uh, I'll be I'll be conservative this time. But I'm gonna throw it back at you. So if you were Keith, and let's say it's the exact same lines as tonight, mm-hmm. what defensive pairing are you going with against uh, McDavid? I feel like that's the easy answer. There's gonna be an easy answer there, and yep. or at least there or at least there should be. Um, and then what forward line are you going up against uh, McDavid if you're Sheldon Keefe at this point in the season? I think he's going to kind of do a, a bit of a mix, honestly, up front, because um, I do think he's playing Marner and, and Matthews so much that they're going to get some time against them. But I do think you're also going to get a lot of shifts to that Kerfoot line. I mean, they are a checking line. They don't really score much anyways, so you kind of want to maximize the offensive zone times of the other two. Um, so I think, obviously, the deep pairing is going to be Muzzin Hall, um, you know, I, I think with the Mount McDavid plays, you, you might get a little bit of everyone again, but primarily Muzzin Hall. So it's going to be a great test. Are you on the same page there? Definitely. Yeah. I think that, yeah, they play so much that there's going to be a lot, but I do want to see that third line against McDavid. I think that's the, like you said, it's the ultimate test and I think they've looked pretty good so far. It's uh it's a fun line, but, um, I want to see where they go from here. Yeah, well, we can't complain too much. We're we're watching a three and one team, Nick, and hopefully we can say five and one after these two games against Edmonton. Um, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see everybody later this week. 